hello, hello. Welcome back to the Breaking Barriers podcast. It is the start of what? Season what? Five. Season five of the Breaking Barriers podcast. I'm your co-host, Daniel Robertson, joined here today with... Xavier Lamar. Y'all already know. And... Dorian Skywithrow Jr. And we have a very, very special, special guest with us today. None other than Mr. Trust God, Bruce Warwick, is you know here with us is. on set, on deck, in the building today. Bruce, welcome to the Breaking Berries podcast. Pleasure to be here. Honored yeah. to be here. It's, a, it's great to have you here, man. Known you for a while now and seeing your growth and everything that you're doing um, in the city and with our young people and with your ministry. And uh, just happy to be here for this conversation. Can't wait to hear it all. And uh, I hope I get to see Spidey at some point. Yeah, he going to come out. Okay. Not today, though, but. Not today. Before, maybe next week. Next week. Yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> yeah. And then that dude that come out, you know, on City Hall steps and crashes <laughs> the tables, Bills Mafia. But on a good note, Bills won yesterday. Big win. Josh Allen did his thing, looking like MVP. But I'm going to kick it over to Dorian and uh, Xavier, get us started with our conversation today. Let's go. All right, so I want to know, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Bruce Ward. I've been working with kids since 2011 for the last uh, 16 years. I worked at Gateway Longview for six years, Baker Victory for three years. Then I was with the uh, Community Action Organization. I uh, worked with them for two years. Right now, I work for uh, Office, of Child and Sam- Office of Child and Family Services. and uh, That's a state job where I cover all the juveniles and youth of New York State. So basically, um, I work up under a probation officer but I do the groundwork, you know. I uh, do the mentoring, school checks, drug checks, ankle monitor checks, and basically I'm just uh, a pillar of this community trying to make a difference in the shift in the youth that y'all hang around in school, y'all see out here on a daily basis. So um, I also have a ministry, it's called Trust God Ministry. As you can see, Gucci can never make nothing like this. They could never. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Y'all put y'all Gucci stuff on, y'all put it in the closet, but you can put this on, wear it every day. You know what I'm saying? Feel the quality. Now you got to pay to touch that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, my ministry is called Trust God Ministries. I started that in 2015. I became a licensed evangelist in uh, 2020. And basically, um, my church home is uh, First Calvary Missionary Baptist Church. And I get a lot of questions where my church is at. My church is in the world. You know, and the world is talking to y'all and people of my um, my age, different backgrounds, genres, is to bring them in, mm. to knowing who Jesus is. That's basically what yeah, Bruce, so that's my I, ministry. I, Trust God's a movement. I've seen it firsthand, man. You hold like church anywhere and everywhere, man. It's <laughs> like a freaking corner could be church. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> bringing it. Broadway, trap houses. I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming in there. I'm coming. Yo, that's actually a good segue. I'm curious about what actually made you want to start Trust God and just talk about the impact that you've been having with that, the, the brand, the marketing, the clothing line. Uh, what made me start it was in 2015, 2011, you know, I got married. I got married and, you know, marriage happens, you know, where you, you go through trials and tribulations and me and my wife end up separating for two, two years. And in that time, I was going through life, uh, depressed, having anxiety, uh, I struggled with alcohol addiction. I was going to get alcohol to deal with things I was going with in my life. Uh, but as you can see, I look good and dressed fresh to death, but I look good on the outside, but I was dying on the inside. And I was out partying, but really nobody knew I was dying. Nobody knew I was dying internally with suicidal thoughts and depression. And what happened was that one night I got so drunk and intoxicated, I just kept hearing in my ear, kill yourself, kill yourself. So in that, I tried to. I tried to overdose on pills, but God had his hands on me. And I saw Jesus' hand. He said, are you ready yet? And I said, yes. And I never turned back since. And in all that, God restored my mental. I found myself. I found out my identity, my purpose, and my real purpose in this, in this world. And ever since then, that's when I started to trust God because everything I was going through in life, I, just had, had, I kept hearing God say, trust me, trust me, trust me. So I said, you know what, let me start this Trust God brand. So I started Trust God brand, it became small, but now it's it's big now, it's it's, it's big. And God, God didn't even show me, I, I scratched the surface yet. But in that, I just started studying the word of God and 
He began to use me to do miracle signs and wonders. You name it, God has used me to do it besides wake the dead and make the blind see. Hmm. Anything else, I got proof that he did it. I got screenshots, testimonies in my book. I can show you everything, that, all the things that God has done, and he just used me. This once lost person, God filled me up of everything that he has to make a difference in this world. So my main goal is basically to save souls and touch everybody from infants to youth to adults to old people to people that don't know him you know and that's just my number one goal so you know trust god is more than just a, just a clothing line it's just to trust him no matter what you're going through that he always gonna make a way for you he's good he's gonna be always the one that will never walk out on you always gonna be there for you when nobody else around call on him facts yeah. i dig that you um you mentioned working with young people Yes. Where did that come? How did that come about? Mm, that came about from my upbringing. Um, my father was always in my life, but <laughs> he was in the house, but he wasn't in my life. Mm -hmm. My mother was in my life. She was in the house, but she wasn't in my life. So in other words, I saw them in the house, but they didn't groom me to the man that I am now. So uh, uh, growing up was tough. You had to deal. I had, my mother and father was on cracking cocaine and alcohol, and I watched my mother get beat daily by my father. And um, I saw drug dealers come in and out of the house, so that bothered me. My mom never showed me love, so I didn't know what love was. So uh, I didn't even know how I was gonna make it. So when I was growing up, I had to watch other men be men. That's how I became a man that I am. Mm -hmm. I was around drug dealers. I was around uh, gang bangers and all that. But I didn't want to take that route because I knew it was more. I was watching too many people dying. So in that, I said, God, I don't know what you're going to do as I was growing up. But I came across this job, Gateway Longview. And I said, nah, I want to pour into the youth. I'm going to pour into the young ladies. I'm going to pour into the young men to tell them, listen, <laughs> I got a story to tell. Let me tell you my story where you can still make it, even though they wasn't in your life, what I can instill you with to show you that you can still make it. When daddy never t taught you how to play football or basketball, where mother never showed you love and you was dealing with multiple women going to get love in all the wrong places. I'm just telling you my life, this is what I was doing. But in that, at age 33, I'm 39 now, 39 now, I forgave my mother and father. Why did you forgive them for all that? Because at that time it was a crack era and crack cocaine was there and love addiction. But growing up, I didn't know what it was, but now that God showed me what it was, how could my mother and father love me if they was dealing with an addiction that they never got control of, that they never had no outlet to talk about how can I get free from it? So I said, wow, God, I'm glad you opened up that eyes to me because, open that, up, open that up to me because now I can heal. Now I know why they didn't love me. So even right now, I love my mother to death. I love my father to death because I had to go through that in order to be where I'm at right now. And they instilled things in me where I have my mother, I have my mother's compassion, I have my mother's selflessness. I have my father caring for everybody. I have my father's uh, uh, mouth when he gets mad and he you know, speaking and said. I have my father's determination because no matter what nobody said about him, he still went and did it. He didn't care what nobody said. So, you know, I don't take, a, I take, a, I take away everything that they taught me and instilled in me. And now I'm using it now. So, you know, it's just, that's what made me want to pour into the youth. And I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop until till God called me home, you know, till God called me home, I'm not stopping. And I believe that, hope I'm not talking too much. You no, know? man, that's just heavy stuff, bro. And it's, it's great that we have, you know, people like you in our community because we know, you know, you and I especially know mm -hmm. just some of the things that our young people are dealing with. Mm -hmm. And um, we're just blessed to have you, man. I'm gonna let Xavier and Dorian jump in here. Oh, I just wanna say, like, you're an inspiration. Just want you to know that for one. And I just want to just get a little deep into like your all the successes and challenges that you have had working with young people, like knowing what you're experiencing, mm -hmm. 
experience been in trying to just uh like be that light in their lives so just tell me like what was like the experience like um the experience was pretty much um what i face as a kid now is what a lot of my youth are facing now especially the young men and um it's it's kind of tough pulling on the the youth that i work with Mm-hmm. You know, especially coming from uh, uh, youth, youth men, young men coming from troubled homes just like me, where a father figure wasn't there. So now they can't respect authority that's in front of them. So my biggest, my biggest obstacles is they don't listen, you know, and so I can't. My theory is I'm never going to give up on you. I'm going to keep drilling it in your head until you get it. Oh, you, you get on my nerves. Okay, oh, well. Oh, well. Then they try me, you know, sometimes you got to snatch kids up, you know, let them know that, listen, stop playing me, I ain't no kid, you know what I mean? You know, and it, 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 comes, it comes with the job, you know? Sometimes they need that. Oh, well, you, remember you slammed me? Yeah, I did slam you. Thank you. I'm like, why you say thank you? Because I needed that. I was hired. I'm like, okay, cool, you know what I mean? You know, it wasn't no hurt after that, but you got to process it with them afterwards. You know, they're dealing with, a, youth are, young men and young girls are dealing with a lot of mental issues. So the first thing can't be attacked. The first thing got to be, why you mad? Tell me why you mad. I want to know what's bothering you. So the biggest obstacles is when you don't have the answers to give them. Why they do this? Why they do that? When you don't have the cure. And I'm always quick to help, help, help. Now I got to sit and listen now. It's a different generation now. Let me sit and listen. Let me be quiet. And the first response I gave was, nobody never sat and listened to me. Why, Mr. Bruce, why you never gave up on me? Give up on you for what? A lot of people that gave up on you. I'm not here to give up on you. I remember everybody gave up on me. I remember who still was there with me. So the biggest obstacle is trying to get the youth to understand it's bigger than your circumstance. You got purpose, you got destiny, you got a future. No matter who was there, who left you, you can do it. You have the power to do it. You just gotta do it. I can plant the seed, but y'all gotta water it. You gotta water it. So that was just the, you know, that's the biggest obstacle. The easiest things is when I, I mean, what gives me um, so much joy is when I see kids outside of here. Remember, Mr. Bruce, remember you said this? And noticing they're not in jail, noticing they're not dead or in gangs. So even if they're in gangs, they'd be like, man, I'm trying to make it, man, but I thank you, man. Just now it's like, thank you, thank you for being there for me, but can you pray for me? You know, and that's where it's all coming in now. They want to know who is this guy that I'm on fire for because when they saw me five or ten years ago, who is this man you keep calling on? You know, who is this? Who, who is it? Is there a guy? Well, why he made me go this coming? Let me show you why. I think um, the story is powerful. You know, I think as men, we kind of get there's this deep emotional connection to our struggles, mm-hmm. you know, and it takes a lot to say some things. So I want to know. And your process, you know, God was a higher power that, you know, he was the coach. But what was some of the groundwork that you had to put in to get get out the trenches, you know, get get your feet out the mud? My connection. I had to check my connection. When I mean connection, it's who I was around, my friends, my peers, family. I had to make sure I'm around positive energy. I can't be around stuck people. If I be around stuck people, I'm going to be stuck. So, in other words, I had to look. My uncle was one of an outlet. Um, a few of my cousins was outlet because they was headed in the right direction. So the groundwork I had to do was making sure I was around positive people where I can get motivation from. If I was going through something, I had to make sure I could trust you. I had to make sure I could confine in you because if I couldn't, I'm not saying nothing. I'm a sheltered person. I'm going to sit here and look at you. You're going to ask me what's wrong with me. I'm going to say, I'm good. I got to feel your energy. That was growing up too. What was wrong with you? Nothing. What your mom do? Nothing. How you feel? I'm good. But really, I ain't trust you. Why? Because daddy always said he'll be back home. I'm going to take you to the store. He never came. So I had this wall up. I'm not talking to you. Because if I can find you, I'm expecting you to be there for me. So I had to make sure I was connected to the right people that would want to see me win, that want to see me grow. Even, even now, that want to see me succeed. That want, That's not just going to take, you know, that's going to bring something to the table. We could both bring something to the table where we could work together. You know, and I had to be around people that was going through the same thing I'm going through. Help me help you. I could learn from y'all right now. I don't discriminate. You could learn from somebody on the, um, on the corner right now that's, that's homeless. He could teach you something. So I was just looking for people that's, that can help, 
in, in, in real life, is it real help? You know, you got fake people giving fake help. They want to tell your business and tell your story. No, no, no. Why you do that? You know, you got to make sure your connection is good. And that's what it was. I had to check my connection even growing up. I had to make sure I could trust somebody. And that's what it is now. And I really believe that if these youth can find real men and real women that they can trust and confine in, and that's really gonna be there for them. Not walk on, not walk, and not walk out on them when they make a rat, bad decision, a wrong choice. I really believe this generation will keep changing and changing and evolving. Mentioned a, a number of issues that have impacted you personally. Um, one of them being a relationship that you had early on. Um, you know, as a young person, as a teen, even probably into your adolescent years. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's one of the issues that we know plagues our community, like big time, just the lack of relationships that uh, young men have with their fathers. And mm -hmm. it plays such a such an instrumental role in how a young man grows up and how he's shaped and eventually the relationships that he's going to have with other people. Um, how, what, what was it that you know, you kind of did to uh, address those, what we, as we would call daddy issues. Because um, oftentimes we bury that stuff. Like mm -hmm. even, you know, relationships that, my dad spent more time out than in. So mm -hmm. when you said that, it struck a chord. I know exactly right. what you meant. Like, um, and I buried all that stuff. And that manifests itself as anger right. in our young men. And then it comes out in different ways. Right. And a lot of times our young men, they'll go to the streets because they're looking for something. Right. And that thing that they're looking for is love, guidance, support. Right. And, you know, they find it in different ways, mm -hmm. but it ain't really the way that they need right. to get it. So, you know, what was, what did you do to, to address those daddy issues? I know, I know you mentioned earlier in the conversation that you guys are in a much better place now mm -hmm. than before. But... Mm -hmm. Um, just knowing and hearing some of the things that you had to witness and see mm -hmm. and feel and not feel, mm -hmm. that's that's a hard pill to swallow. So right. how'd you how'd you get you know get to the point of where you are with your dad now? Um, just to back, uh, my dad is deceased. He he passed uh, three and a half years ago. But I always had my uncle. His name is David McGowan, and I ran away from home uh, when I was fourteen. My aunt took me in at 16, but I ended up living on my own, and my uncle took me in. So he really, majority, helped me with my my father issues. Now, I'm going to be real with you since we've been real. Uh, for the re remainder of the time that my father was alive, I resented my father. He wanted to come to my football games, basketball games, everything. I didn't want to be around him. I didn't want to. I didn't want him to come there. Because if you wasn't there in my life, helping me get to where I'm at, I don't need you now. I don't need you here, and that's just, you know, that's just where I was, you know. So in that, I had to keep trying to come around. I would come around, show love, but she wasn't coming to my basketball games. Man, you don't invite me, and I would always bring up. Remember you said my mother. Remember you never came home, and my father was shunning it off like, oh, Bruce, going hell. I don't want to hear that. But at the same time, I was looking for answers, but he didn't have the answers to give me. So in that, my uncle was constantly in my ear telling me the reasons why, and this is why I had to have, you gotta have the right people in your ear. He was telling me, but not knowing he was planting seeds of showing me how to forgive my father in the process. And eventually it came around where I sat down with my father, and this was literally before he passed away, three months before he passed away, and I said, listen, I don't hate you no more. And I just basically poured out to him. And all he said was, thank you, son. I needed that. And he needed that because he never understood me or why I acted the way I did. So in other words, I had to set my mind of saying, I'm gonna forgive my father one day. I just don't know when, I don't know how. And I just set my mind watching other men be men and then in the process I had a son my son is eight years old now and I set my mind said I'm never gonna be nothing like my father no matter what happens in my life I'm gonna make sure I be in my son life and so I took that with me and 
I just, that's how I got my healing. That's how my mindset changed. And that's how when I see these youth that I work with, I say, listen, I want to be your spiritual father. I want to be your father figure. I want to be your mentor. And let me know anything I can do for you because I don't know how you feel, but I've been there where I can help you heal. And that trauma alone will carry carry with you, as you say, carry. It's men. It's time for us to heal. It's time for us to heal. It's not our fault. It's really not. So that trauma we got to deal with now, so we won't carry it. How can we be a mentor and pillars for our youth when we still hurting? Where we acting out of anger because they make that wrong decision. You just no. Nah, he dealing with something. He only twelve. You got to relax. I commend you for that. You actually had a chance to do something that I didn't. Wow. I'm not going to say I didn't have the chance. I don't think I took the opportunity because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fully transparent on my end in regards to that whole situation, very similar. My uh, my mother was pressing on me for months, like, you know, your dad he ain't doing too well. You should go see him. He in the hospital. And I just, my stubbornness wouldn't allow me mm-hmm. to, to go and even see him. I was just like, he was never there. I got to where I'm at in life. I'm a father, you know, I work, you know, I work in community, you know, we got, mm-hmm. we got several, some right. very similar uh, upbringing, but mm-hmm. it's just like, I just, I wouldn't do it. I didn't go have that conversation. And he passed in 2016 without us having a chance to even have that conversation or me really to get out the things that, you know, I was thinking and wanted to say and mm-hmm. all that. So I think that might be one of the things I regret. I, mean, I can't change it now, mm-hmm. but um, I commend you for, for actually doing that. And, you know, my mentor, he's, he's told me to do it a thousand times. I still haven't done it. But mm-hmm. he said, you know, at some point you got to write all that stuff down, everything you want to say mm-hmm. on, on a piece of paper and just go to the cemetery and just, just, let it all, just let it all out. I promise you I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise you. You're going to feel the relief. I promise you. Yeah. All right. So I want to take a little spin. Um, as an entrepreneurial man. I want to know how you got into that process of, um, you know, selling your brand, selling yourself. Well, I always been, I was a party promoter. I was a funny guy, as he say, Spider Man. I dressed up comedian. <laughs> characters, and you know, I was a funny guy. So you know, I always had to follow and jumping out of garbage cans, sitting in toilets, standing in toilet seats, eating cereal out of the toilet <laughs> with a fake bowl in there. You know, I was a I was a party promoter guy, right? So you know. It, everybody was looking for. I just called. My name used to be Bruce Dookie Stains. <laughs> and blame it on the Bruce when I threw the parties because they was just okay. What are you gonna do? And I know how to dance. You know how to dance. Okay, cool. I dance better than y'all. So, you know, I basically said, oh, I definitely. Me and him. I met Jamil Harlem shaking. So we was Harlem shaking. Buff State going crazy. Then make a circle, go crazy. Take my shirt off. I used to be a Chippendale. Used to yeah. be in Chippendale, right? That's the, Take my that's shirt the off. Bruce I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This before he was strong. You know what I'm saying? I used to run him over. I'm just playing. But yeah, so that came. But then when I started the brand, you know, I was, I don't want to say I'm popular, but everybody knew me. So you know, I ain't gonna lie. I had one little, one little logo at first. Everybody was buying it, you know. But then I started this. Then it's just lit now. So now what I do is. You know, I ain't spiritual all the time. People are like, oh, oh, oh here you go. You about to start preaching. I'm like, well, I ain't trying to preach. I'm, be yourself. Stop acting weird. You know what I mean? I'm going to crack a joke. I'm a, you know what I mean? I'm going to laugh. I'm a, let's have fun. Like, stop doing that. So now I'm, I got to tap into my funny side. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So now I tap into the funny side. Everybody like, I got to trust God brand on. So I'm marketing myself already. You know? But other than that, I'm out here on the corner selling it, Facebook selling it. I'm ripping up Gucci shirts. Don't y'all put this fake stuff on. Everybody wearing fake stuff now anyway. You get you a fake Gucci belt right now, they're going to think it's real. Just know. How you know? Because I did it before. That's like Jordan, why. you got on your feet. Oh, you know these are fishy boys. Stop playing. The camera on, he trying to play <laughs> me. <laughs> but other than that, I just, you know, you, you, you the brand. You the brand. You get it organically. You know, you ain't got to pay nobody to wear your stuff. You ain't got to pay Michael Jordan to wear your stuff. Uh, nobody. You the brand. You're the gift. You know, I'm not paying nobody to wear my stuff. You got to ask me to wear my stuff. Can, you, can I wear it? Yeah, here. So basically, I'm getting it organically right now. And market yourself. Don't limit yourself. Can I ask a follow-up question to that? Because the clothing brand thing is, like, big now, mm-hmm. especially in Buffalo. Like, it yeah. seemed like everybody and their mama got a clothing brand yeah. now. That's a fact. So what, 
what was your approach when you actually decided to launch? Like, besides you being who you are, uh -huh. Bruce and all the different personalities I know that right. Bruce has inside that little non-muscular body mm -hmm. over there. Big facts. What was your <laughs> What was your approach? Like how like what were you gonna do to set yourself apart from everybody else that has a clothing brand right now? At first I was scared, but I always did what I wanted to do. And then especially when you when you see trust God, it's like, oh I'm not uh, trust God. You get what I'm saying? It's like, oh here you go, I don't know if he's serious or not. So I just brought my uh my homegirl blessed me with a uh some paper and some shirts. So first I was doing it with an iron. So I just said, all right, I'm going to just. You had to crawl for you walk. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So I got an iron, you know what I mean, sell a few shirts. So I made my first $10. But I'm like, hold on, that's only $5. I paid $6 for the shirt. So I made $4 off the shirt. So I'm like, all right, so I rocked out. But then everybody was buying it. So I'm like, okay, hold on. So then it started, it started selling. But then God gave me a vision for this right here. That's, that's bleh. Everybody wanted. You know what I'm saying? So I just I just did it. I just did it. I just did it. Yeah. And it's popular. It's popular and it's popping. You know, we don't have iron on shirts. We got like embroidery. Nobody mm. playing. Try and take it out. Sweaters take out. now. Take, try and take this out. Jackets now. I don't, I, I don't play, man. I don't play, bro. <laughs> Trust yeah, it's, it's up. It's up from here. It's up. Yeah. yeah. It's dope, man. Everybody in here got a brand. You got a brand. You got a brand. Just mm. do it. Just do it. Don't worry about who who don't support you. Strangers, listen. Strangers gonna support you before family. That's all I'm gonna tell you. Just know that. So when your girlfriend don't support you, don't even worry about it. When your cousin don't support you, don't even worry about it. Strangers are gonna put money in your pocket. I'm not asking. Yeah, speaking of that, was there any? Were was that a part of the challenges you experienced, like when you were like? Going through your entrepreneurial definitely yeah. that's the biggest challenge. That was the biggest challenge was getting support from people you grew up with, your family, people you didn't you didn't gave your last drink of water to when you was thirsty. <laughs> I'm just being real. You know, uh sending your cat to their house to kill a rat, your only cat, you know, when I'm trying to get to you, you gave them your last dollar. Mm -hmm. And you'd be like, Oh, they gonna support me, then you be like Yo, hold on, bro. Why I see you buying everybody else stuff but you ain't buying mine yet? Oh, I ain't see it. Don't give me this how I see it because when you need it, so you know how to call me. You get what I'm saying? And then the next thing is, how much is it? 20 Oh, man, $20, man. I'm your man. Man, you just went to uh, Ray Ray down there and you brought a shirt for $25. Did you ask him for a discount? Mm. You get what I'm saying? So that's the biggest challenge that was, but now it don't even matter. You know, you know it don't even now it's just like, okay, you support me, you support me, but if I get caught up in who don't support me, I take away from the people who really support me. So what, they ain't good enough? Oh, you get what I'm saying? So it's like, it's all good. The stranger's going to put that bankroll in your pocket. Baby, comb your hair, man, something, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, yep, so that's what it was. Now, does, like, okay, you got the people who don't support you, and maybe they're, like, what? I want to know, like, why do you think personally that they don't go to your lane? That's question number one. Mm -hmm. And then, like, does forgiveness come into that and kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, is a relationship the same or is it just? Oh, yeah. See, first of all, people going to buy what they want to buy anyway. It doesn't even matter. Like, if somebody, you got Breaking Barry's Buffalo shirt on. Okay, I'm going to buy it. But somebody else may not like it. Everybody's not going to like your product. So you can't take that to heart. Maybe they just don't like my product, and I'm cool with that. Because one person, it's 100 people that like it. Forgiveness in there, I forgive all of them. I'm going I'm to I'm look at them weird, and I'm going to say something to them. I ain't going to hold you. I'm going to say something to them. <laughs> my friends, I'm holding them accountable because I really need to know. So in that, if, like, I'm holding you, like, what's up? Why ain't you buying my stuff? Oh, because I, why not? I just want to know why. You ain't even got to buy it. Buy it for somebody else. You hold your friends accountable. You hold your family accountable. And it's not to hold a grudge because that's what the enemy tries to do. He try to get you in your feelings and heart, your heart towards people. Mm -hmm. But no, nah, don't let him do that because God has people you don't even know that will just buy your brand and say, yo, can I buy that for $3 million? No, nah, you got to come higher than that. <laughs> you know? So it's just like, just keep, just keep doing the work. Just keep doing the work. 
every entrepreneur would tell you this. I know y'all probably hear it a thousand times. Everybody in this room could tell you. It's going to be strange. It's going to support you before your family. And in that, it's going to hurt. I ain't gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It did hurt. It did hurt when you, like, why? It do hurt, but it's like, okay, no, let me not focus on that, baby. I don't, we, I don't know why. I don't know why it's like that. I really don't know why. Don't As a young why. entrepreneur, what's the, what's, what lesson have you learned or what are the lessons that you've learned, you know, uh, being an entrepreneur? One of the lessons I learned was don't rush, don't rush. Don't rush the process. Don't rush the process. I was throwing stuff out there. Oh, I'm doing this, doing this. Whole time I'm sitting on stuff for two, three months. So I got to take my time. And also, uh, don't just go off of what I want to do, but look how other entrepreneurs are doing. Like, I look at God is dope. What they do, I look at everything they do. Okay, they put this shirt for eight ninety nine. Okay, how did they do that? Oh, that's what they did. Okay, cool. I can't say that on here, but that's what they did. So, boom, I'm doing that. I'm looking at other successful people making it in the entrepreneurship where I can apply that in my brand. So now I can see what works and what don't work. So the main thing was don't rush it. Don't rush putting merch out there. Sit on, learn to sit on it. Learn to sit. Learn to sit on, sit on some of that yeah, before the big I know boom. You, you get excited about everything. I do. I do. Yeah, I do, I do. Except for when you're taking those L's in spade games, but we ain't going to talk wow. about that Wow, you, you want to get to that? No, we ain't going to talk you about sure? that over here. That's, you know, you sure? that for another day. Okay, all right. I'm just saying, because you Boy, know, you take Boy, turn it into Tasmania devil. You, you, you hear me? You take the L's kind of higher Yes, saying, I do. You we, do, too. We both competitive. Is we that, almost got in. Okay, you know what? No, we just going to leave it like that. Yeah, Remember we, I was we, body slamming you on the table and broke the table? Nah, nah. I had to calm you down. You know, first of all, light skin, you light skin, you light skin. Let me tell y'all something. Y'all finish. And y'all only go come back if... We bring y'all back in, but y'all got temper tantrums. But go ahead, y'all are emotional wreck. Why you laughing, boy? You know you is. I wouldn't call myself light skin. No, nah, you light skin, boy. You ain't black. You black as me. Turn the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> they go see you before me. Look at Stephen Stephen Curry over there. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's baby Curry over there. Boy, he look like he got wicked junction. Yeah. Swear, yeah. 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 <laughs> I told y'all he was a comedian, man. <laughs> Something wrong with that dude? He got some screws loose. A yeah. lot of, and he think he can hoop. Oh, I can hope. Can I? He play football. He don't play basketball. He do both. Him and his, you ever met Ricky? Y'all know Ricky? Everybody in this room know what I do on the basketball court and the football. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you do too. Light work. Light work. Let's Light get work. back on the topic. <laughs> <laughs> I be trying to go to. Oh, he closed lobby one time. Him and Ricky closed lobby. Boom, bam, brother. What's going on, bro? You want to fight? What's going on? It's not boxing. Man, I started to fall man up. I really had to man up. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't like it. I ain't like it. Was yeah. it bread on the line or was it just like? Huh? Was it bread on the line? Or? No, I want no bread. I want no bread. Yeah. Yeah, it was bread. He won't be sitting here right now. Your uncle's still good? <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, he, he beating up on y'all? Call me next time y'all play. Bruce. You can't beat up on the kids, man. Listen. <laughs> They step on the, you know what happened. You I know, the no hoes by. Like, no hoes <laughs> by. I'll be elbows to hit y'all with, bam, get off me. Wait, that's an elbow. No, it ain't body up. <laughs> I know him. Boy, he's beating up on these kids. Y'all get us back on track, please. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right, I do have a, I do have a question, though. I love this upbeat personality you bring. So, so Bruce, with the upbeat personality that you have, uh, you coming in a home like with no father, you know, obviously like you were able to succeed. Daniel obviously able to succeed. It's glad that we have young men, despite not having fathers in the home, are able to still thrive. But yet we still have this situation where a lot of young men without fathers in the home, like they're still suffering. So my question is just basically what can we do to encourage and empower our fathers to make sure they stay in the home so they can build that child's uh, like stability and successor i would say you know like i said earlier it's it's time for men to heal fathers mm -hmm. to heal and deal with those deep-rooted issues as to why they're not in the home and also in the women as well it's time for them to heal because maybe they have father and daddy issues where they're being um they're pushing the man out of the house mm -hmm. you know it's a lot of scenarios and uh, situations why the father is not in the house but if men just take the role back of being a man instead of emotional creatures, I used to hear that uh, women used to be the emotional creatures, but now the men are. They're the mm -hmm. emotional ones, and they're leaving off emotions. And us men, 
we don't like to deal with issues. We like to just bottle it up and just go on with life. But now we live in a generation right now, for decades now, where the father is not in the home, all because they left, they don't want to deal with the issues. So um, as a leader, I believe how we can help these fathers is, you know, having places where they can go get this healing with therapists they could trust in. And even also in our youth, where these young men where can go. Like, I, I want to see 24-hour buildings, community centers where they can go talk to mentors and people that's, that can take the role of being a father and help them continue to groom to be the man that they want to be in when they're dealing with life issues, trials and tribulations and emotional problems, women problems, school problems, man problems, where they can go have an outlet to talk. And um, I would love to see that in place. Also, it just come with, also, y'all have a voice. A lot of us, like, I didn't speak up to my father until I was 33. So in that, I believe y'all voice need to be heard. And just like Facebook, y'all use, you use Facebook for everything else. Use your platform for that. Talk to your dad on that. Mm -hmm. I want my dad. He gonna come and tell him, tell him how you feel. Don't hold back. Don't hold, use it, TikTok, use it. Somebody need to hear y'all stories. Y'all gotta stop, not holding y'all accountable. It's time to stop crying in silence. It's time to open up your mouth and tell them mm. how you feel. I like that. Yeah, y'all yeah. use y'all social media platforms for anything else. Use it for something positive. You look like you was about to say something very profound. <laughs> no? Okay. Nah. <laughs> no, you ain't? Okay. So I know we have some we have some guests here today. So I want to get some questions from our guests that are in the audience. Joseph, I'm gonna come to you first. What's the I know you had a question from Mr. Warwick that you wanted us to ask on air today. So what, what what's the question? Um, what is an experience that you went through in your life, and what lesson did you learn from it? The biggest experience was me trying to commit suicide. That's the most biggest one. I don't mind sharing it. I don't mind telling it. I tell it until I die. Because really, I'm coming across youth that tried it, that want to do it. I work with youth that have tried to attempt it. And that was the biggest experience that I ever done. And I allowed myself to feel that I wasn't worthy enough, that I, wasn't, that I was worthless. I allowed myself to feel that I'm a loser. I'll never make it. I allowed myself. Notice I keep saying myself because I'm the only one that could have pulled me out of it, but I didn't. I was listening to the lies of the enemy. I was dealing with trauma, dealing with life. So I, I allowed that to deteriorate my mind else places too, saying I'm done. But that even in that, it helped me to be the man that I am right now. It helped me. I, it's like, I don't want to say I needed it, but it had to happen. Cause God had His hands on me the whole time, and now I can tell, now I can be an influence to the youth now. With that, before we take another question from the audience, from Cam over there, um, what would you do? What would you say to a young person, specifically young men that might be dealing with issues of depression, um, thoughts of suicide, just things that affect their mental health? What, what, what advice would you give them? My advice would immediately, immediately, don't wait a second, don't wait an hour to go talk to somebody that you can truly confine in. When I did this, I had nobody. I had nobody to talk to. I had nobody that I trusted. Go talk to somebody. Don't leave there until you're safe enough to leave. Don't go. And I say that because that demon is so real that it, it will control you. Go talk to somebody immediately. Go to the police station, go to the house, go to your pastor, go to Jamil, go to Spoons, go to your mother, go to your father, go. Don't wait, don't sit on that misery, don't sit on that pain, don't sit on it, don't sit on it. 
Yeah, no, we dropping nicknames on air. All not right, bad, Cam, we're going to come to you. <laughs> it's all it's good. Bad, People bro. are like, who are Spoons? Oh, my bad, my bad. No, nah, you all good. Okay. Ricky, you and Ricky do the same thing all the okay. time. We be at a professional saying, yeah, that's my boy Spoons. <laughs> Dude, like, we grown now. But Cam, we're going to take a question from you in the audience. Um, do you still get those bad thoughts? No, I don't, no. I don't, I don't know more because I know how to deal with life now. Before I didn't know how to deal with life. Now I have people I can talk to, have people I can go to, go to people that can help me. I'm not by myself no more. So I haven't had none of those issues, never had none of those thoughts. And I know y'all keep hearing me talking about God, but God saved me. And once I believe who God says I am, I thought nothing else, anything less of what nobody else told me. I believed in who he said I am. And he called me his king, y'all kings. He called you his queen, queens. And once I know what a king is, I know I'm worth, I know I'm worth more than anything anybody tell me or the enemy tell me I am. Speaking of being saved, um, is it true that you are in the, in the community based on pop-up baptisms? Yes, I was. I was on Bailey and Iron. I've been on Bailey and Iron for the for the whole summer, just out there with my praise and worship music, praising God, giving a word, prophesying, and it was like a magnet. People was just coming. What's going on? And God gave me a word for them, for them, and I'm talking to you from eight to 35, 40, 60, come to get baptized. What what now? What inspired that? Was that like something that you've seen done in other places, or did somebody kind of give you that idea, or was it just like, if you ain't gonna go into these four walls that we call church, and mm -hmm. I'm gonna just bring it to bring yeah. it to you? See, I always been a bold person. I'm just gonna do it. So, God told me to go out there and start baptizing people. The people not coming behind these four walls no more. They go come, but you got your regular people. Why? Because, you know, a lot of people, as they call it, church hurt. And they think, you know, pastors do what they do, they fake, they phony, you know, whatever. You know, that's not for me to even judge or put it on it. But my ministry is out in the world. And the Bible says go out, go out in the highways and byways. And that's where I'm at. Highways and byways. That's where my church is at. So my job is to talk to a minister outside to, to get them to come in the church. So now they're like, oh, that's the guy? Oh, I'm coming to church. Where your church at? Well, any other church around here? Yeah, you got True Bethel down here. You got Cold Spring over here. You got My Olive there. You got Friendship here. Oh, thank you. You know, so I'm just doing the work, doing the work of the kingdom. That's it. Okay. Folks, Mr. Trust God, and we're going to put some faith in God that he make it through this gauntlet that we're going to put him through real quick. <laughs> Bruce, you ready for the gauntlet? Yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, TTZ trade to go. I don't know what you got going on. So we, uh, every time we have a guest on the Breaking Barriers podcast, we put them through our version of what, remember uh, ESPN Hot Seat used to be? Yeah. I know you know because you okay. watch ESPN all day long. Um, so I'm going to ask you some questions. Okay. Legit, just first thing comes to mind, short one to two word answers. Okay. Don't act like you're giving us a sermon. Okay. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> all right. So your favorite restaurant in Buffalo? Longhorn. Who has the best pizza in Buffalo? That's tough. Imperial right now. Okay, I ain't mad at you with that. They in my top five. They actually number one. Then Bosch is like three. Yeah. Somebody in there's like number two. All right. Uh, best wings in Buffalo? <sighs> Poise. What? Uh, what flavor? Lemon pepper. Extra crispy. Nah, the honey Cajuns at Fat Cat's killing it. <laughs> I had them yet. See, uh, I, I had them yet. You better go stop. <laughs> yeah. You better go see Kim over there. <clears throat> Favorite place to visit in Buffalo? I'm gonna help you out with this one. What? Nah, I ain't gonna do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man, that's <laughs> tough right there. Ain't nowhere to go with it. Um, I'm gonna go with my church on Sundays. <laughs> First Calvary Missionary Baptist Church. All right. What's your favorite room in your house? My man cave in the basement. Oh, okay. That ain't what you told me, but I... What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you played too much. <laughs> what's, your, what's your favorite sports team? 
Oh, you know what time of time I'm on, man. Lakers, LeBron James, man. Stop playing with me. Nah, a couple kids. years ago it would have been Cleveland because I'm yep, was yep. <laughs> so yeah, we yeah. see. Yeah, all right. Yeah. You don't have a favorite team. You got a favorite player. <laughs> I don't. You're right. <laughs> Speaking of LeBron, LeBron, Jordan, and Kobe. Jordan. Oh, okay. I'm about to say because you grew up watching. Mike. Definitely, you definitely not. Jordan. You better not. Definitely but I guess Jordan. Kobe number three, huh? Two. LeBron number three. What? Yeah. You like a LeBron lover. I'm I shocked. know. I'm just. I'm being real, man. I don't be like. I don't be <laughs> like LeBron Wait. people, man. You heard I'm speaking right directly to the camera. Everybody that's a Facebook yes. friend with this dude. I see these debates all the time, and you always got LeBron back. But you I put, do. But you I put always, LeBron number three. Yes, I always say Jordan, Kobe, LeBron all the time. Oh, let the record show. Let, let the church show. say Amen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, I'm gonna love this one because y'all kind of look alike. I wonder if you're gonna pick him. Well, I look like Kevin Hart. You and Ricky, but uh. If you had to act, actually pick an actor to portray your life, you, right, in a movie, who would it be? I would go with Kevin Hart. Yeah, y'all about the same height too. <laughs> he a little bit funny. He make a whole lot more money. But you know, you you on your way. <laughs> <What's> your... <laughs> I'm having too much fun with this one today. Favorite city to visit? New York City. Why New York City? Because my wife from New York, and when I first. She the one introduced me to New York City, cause I haven't been since I was like five. But it was just, it's just, it's just fun down there. They have a lot of fun down there, yeah. a lot of shopping places, going out. Not too far from Jersey, Nickelodeon thing they just built down there was fun. So they need to hire you. That's <laughs> a plug. All right, favorite podcast. Man, Breaking Barriers podcast, Buffalo. This is my first podcast ever, so <laughs> this is my favorite one. You know what I mean? I don't know what Janelle will call it. You know, we could call this thing Trust God if you want to. But yeah, it's my favorite one. This is my this is my first one ever. This first podcast you've ever done? Yeah. Real talk? Yeah. Yo, that's what's up. Yeah. All right. Uh person who had the biggest influence on you growing up. My uncle David McGowan. Okay. Okay, shout out to Uncle Dave. Did a great job. Um Oh, man, I didn't squeeze this question in there. I got to ask it now. You got to tell us how you balance the work that you do in community serving youth, the work that you do in community serving community through um, religion and just in fatherhood. Like, how you balance all of this stuff, dude? Because that's a, that's a heavy burden. Yes, it is. At first starting off, I was like a chicken with my head cut off. And I'll be real with y'all. I wasn't spending as much time as my kids, but God always told me that the ministry starts at home first, regardless of outside of this, you take care of home first. So the balance is like a, it's like a monthly thing, it's a weekly thing, it's just all about prioritizing, keeping my notebook, my notebook, my notebook down, my notebook pad active, what I'm doing today, to-do list, check-off list. And that's how, that's how I go. All right, big finish. We're going to finish off with these two. Um, I know you love being a dad. You're a great father. Mm -hmm. uh, what's, you know, some of your favorite things to do with, uh, with your two children? I love dancing with them. They love getting in the water, so I probably got to rent a hotel room out with a swimming pool to go swimming all day, every day. Uh, we like to watch uh, Sister, Sister. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about Sister, Sister <laughs> mm -hmm. now. Right now they love Taekwondo, they in Taekwondo. Um, it's a trampoline. My son liked the backflip. And now my daughter done brought her an iron and I gotta start ironing fake clothes and you know, yeah. playing tea house. Oh, and doing my daughter hair. You know, she loved when daddy do her hair. Shout out to the dads that know how to do hair out Stop here. Stop playing with us. We know how to do hair, edges and all that. I don't, Layla tell you in a minute. <laughs> I don't even touch her hair. That's all her mom right there. I, don't, I won't mess with it. All right, um, last one. What's your greatest fear? My greatest fear? Honestly, I'm, I'm fearless right now. I'm really walking in a lot of boldness right now. But I believe my greatest fear now is the up and coming of God saying that I'm going to be all over the world preaching and ministering to people. And I'm actually getting... Uh, a peek at my future uh, of what he's going to do in up and coming years or whenever he's going to do it. This, this, um, this Thursday, I'm going to Charlotte to actually minister. So 
that's the greatest fear is, you know, what's to come with him around different people, different vibes and environment, you know. Well, that's we don't speak that into existence, man. Yeah. And wish yeah. you all the continued success in the world. I'm going to shoot it over to uh, Xavier Dorian for some last words, and you're going to get the absolute last, last word before we close out. All right, so I want to thank you for coming and chatting with us and dropping some wisdom. And um, and all that you do, I hope you do the best of it. You know, I, I think, you know, we all get this calling, but I think you're really acting on it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, once, like you said, I really appreciate your wisdom you dropped on us. I really love your faith and uh, got you in my prayers. I'm really, I'm really inspired by your story. And, you know, sometimes I go through, like, these mental breakdowns sometimes. I'm not going to lie. It, like, this last month has just been a heavy month for me. But and I see, like, there's people like you who is here in this world who've been through this these hardships and stuff. It just uh, gives me, like, a good amount of light, and I really appreciate that. Well said. Bruce, I'm going to kick it to you for the last word, man. The last word that God gave me just because you said that, and I knew it was the word that he gave me before you said it. I'm going to give all the youth and everybody this scripture, and it's, it's what helped me. It was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And that scripture is, trust in the Lord, trust God with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Submit to him all of your ways, and he will make your path straight. And to trust God. And that scripture alone, just to give him all of you. Mm -hmm. He's going to take you as, you as you are. Submit to him. Don't lean on your understanding because he has it. And with everything, with anything that you, have in, that you need help with, anything that you're going through, he's going to lead you right down the pathway the steps that he wants you to walk in, nobody else. Mm -hmm. Go to God first. Put him first. I trust God. Yes, I do. I trust God. What about you? That's what I'm leaving. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. And like that, it's a wrap. We're closing up. Remember, this is season five. We just kicked off today. want to give a major thanks and a shout-out to all of our supporters, the Community Foundation, Oshai Foundation, Say Yes Buffalo, uh, all of our young men involved in Breaking Barriers, just every, all of our supporters that have been rocking with us for all the years. Thank you, Dorian. Thank you, Xavier. Uh, we're going to have some new guests and hosts coming on the show. Cam and Joseph, be on the lookout for them. Uh, they always rep breaking barriers. And uh, go Bills, Bills Mafia. We see y'all soon. Peace. It's a wrap.